0: It's time now for the complete story of public news and information feature of BOT Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich BOT, with today's complete story. Yeah,
1: well, well, you know, I think uh, on everybody's calendar, <laughs> if you were to, to talk about the most important time of the year, the most important issues of the day, and so on and so forth, the Christmas season would have to come very close up in the top uh, without a doubt. Now, now my wife is, we're getting our Christmas cards and Shirley is putting them in a special place, um, a container, and we're just enjoying them so much and reading them and reflecting on our friends and, and our relatives and the people God has put into our life over the past many years. Uh, when you get to be 90, <laughs> there's a lot of years back there. And what say you, Rich?
2: Well, Dad, it is beginning to be a lot like, looking to be a lot like Christmas. We better start our Christmas shopping pretty soon one of these days.
1: (laughs) Pretty quick. Pretty quick. But listen, folks, this is going to be a family. I refer to our audience as the Bot Radio Network family. So it's just us here. But my son-in-law, Galen Gaut, G-A-U-T, was given by God a beautiful singing voice. And um, we're going to feature some of his music today, plus we've got a really, really good story we want to share with you. But here is Galen to sing something uh, that I know you're going to enjoy.
3: Silver bells, silver bells, it's Christmas time in the city, ringling. Hear them sing, soon it will be Christmas Day. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing. Meeting smile after smile And on every street corner You'll hear Silver bells Silver bells It's Christmas time in the city Wrigley Hear them sing Soon it will be Christmas Day Strings of street lights Even stoplights, Blink a bright red and green As the shoppers rush home With their treasures Hear the snow crunch See the kids bunch this is Santa's big scene And above all this bustle You'll hear Silver bells Silver bells It's Christmas time In the city ring a Hear them sing Soon it will be Christmas
1: Day uh-huh. is something? Isn't that something? Soon. Mm-hmm. Soon. Very soon. You know, Rich, uh, it's in everyone's heart where do you want to be at Christmas? I want to be home. I want to be home. When Shirley and I were first married, uh, that was in June. That following Christmas, we were living in California. That following Christmas, we wanted to be back in Minneapolis. And I remember our little baby girl, Sherry, uh, she was not very old, just a few months, but we bundled her up, we put her on an air, wound, wound the airplane with us, and we flew back to Minneapolis. That is something that is in everyone's heart to be home for Christmas. Listen to the Galen sing this song. I'll be home for
3: Christmas. So And presents On the tree Christmas Eve Will find me Where
1: Lot of people in the military and they're not going to get home. Um, I have a great granddaughter who is in Australia now with uh, youth,
2: YWAM, Youth with a Mission.
1: Youth was a Mission. What a wonderful missionary organization that is. And the little Allison is way in Australia. On the other side of the globe, she won't be home for Christmas. And her family, her mother and dad, uh, they're kind of thinking, well, little Allison won't be home for Christmas. And so that's just the way it is. That's the way, way, you know, when I was very young, they would say that's the way the cookie crumbles. (laughs) Kind of works out that way. Let's just take this next song by Galen again. It's a wonderful, wonderful time of the year.
3: It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time of the year.
1: (laughs) It really is, it really is, Rich. I don't know anything that makes my blood run fast like Christmas always has. How about you?
2: Well, yes, Dad, and this is just delightful to be talking about all of this, uh, the, the fun uh, celebrations of Christmas. And, of course, we know that the true meaning of Christmas is yeah. the birth of the Christ child. Yeah. Jesus was born as a baby to save mankind, save us yeah. from our sins. And,
1: and, and that's the truth. Now, listen, children, however, children follow adults. Children are looking to their mothers and their dads, looking to their fathers, their grandparents, and so on and so forth. Now, we have a gentleman who sent a story. He wrote it, and he sent it to our manager, Mana Stafford, in uh, Springfield and Branson, Missouri. Uh, Tell us about that, Rich. Right.
2: Well, this is a wonderful short story written by Harvey Patterson. Harvey Patterson and his uh, Tells a wonderful story. So we had Ken Monroe, our, our producer friend, uh, longtime friend, uh, produce it yeah. so that, that the story comes alive.
1: Folks, you'll remember the voice of Ken Monroe when he was with us for 20-some years before he retired. Every, but he's still with us. Well, and, and yes, he does things for us on the outside. Uh, anyway, here's the story, folks, because this boy, listen to me now. It was his father. It was the example of caring about others and doing something nice for others. And the boy learned throughout this story how to model himself as he grew up by wanting to be like his dad. Listen to this.
0: It was Christmas Eve, 1942. I was 15 years old and feeling like the world had caved in on me because there just hadn't been enough money to buy me the rifle that I wanted for Christmas. We did the chores early that night for some reason. I just figured Daddy wanted a little extra time so we could read in the Bible. After supper was over, I took my boots off and stretched out in front of the fireplace and waited for Daddy to get down the old Bible. I was still feeling sorry for myself and, to be honest, I wasn't in much of a mood to read scriptures, but Daddy didn't get the Bible. Instead he bundled up again and went outside. I couldn't figure it out, because we had already done all the chores. I didn't worry about it long though, I was too busy wallowing in self-pity. Soon he came back in. It was a cold, clear night out and there was ice in his beard. Come on, Matt, he said. Bundle up good, it's cold out tonight. I was really upset then. Not only wasn't I getting the rifle for Christmas, now he was dragging me out in the cold, and for no earthly reason that I could see. We'd already done all the chores, and I couldn't think of anything else that needed doing, especially not on a night like this. But I knew he was not very patient at one dragging one's feet when he'd told them to do something, so I got up and put my boots back on and got my coat. Mommy gave me a mysterious smile as I opened the door to leave the house. Something was up but I didn't know what. Outside, I became even more dismayed. There in front of the house was the work team, already hitched to the big sled. Whatever it was we were going to do wasn't going to be a short, quick little job, I could tell. We never hitched up this sled unless we were going to haul a big load. Daddy was already up on the seat, reins in hand. I reluctantly climbed up beside him. The cold was already biting at me. I wasn't happy. When I was on, Daddy pulled the sled around the house and stopped in front of the woodshed. He got off and I followed. I think we'll put on the high sideboards, he said. Here, help me. The high sideboards? It had been a bigger job than I wanted to do with just the low sideboards on. But whatever it was we were going to do would be a lot bigger with the high sideboards on. Then Daddy went into the woodshed and came out with an armload of wood, the wood I'd spent all summer hauling down from the mountain and then all fall sawing into blocks and splitting. What was he doing? Finally, I said something. I asked, What are you doing? You been by the Widow Jensen's lately? he asked. Mrs. Jensen lived about two miles down the road. Her husband had died a year or so before and left her with three children, the oldest being eight. Sure, I'd been by, but so what? Yeah, I said, why? I rode by just today, he said. Little Jakey was out digging around in the woodpile trying to find a few chips. They're out of wood, Matt. That was all he said, and then turned around and went back into the woodshed for another armload of wood. I followed him. We loaded up the sled so high that I began to wonder if the horses would be able to pull it. Finally, he called a halt to our loading, then went into the smokehouse and took down a big ham and a side of bacon. He handed them to me and told me to put them in the sled and wait. When he returned... He was carrying a sack of flour over his right shoulder and a smaller sack of something in his left hand. What's in the little sack, I asked. Shoes. They're out of shoes. Little Jakey just had gunny sacks wrapped around his feet when he was out in the woodpile this morning. I got the children a little candy, too. It just wouldn't be Christmas without a little candy. We rode the two miles to Mrs. Jensen's pretty much in silence. I tried to think through what Daddy was doing. We didn't have much by worldly standards. Of course, we did have a big wood pile, though most of what was left now was still in the form of logs that I would have to saw into blocks and split before we could use it. We also had meat and flour, so we could spare that, but I knew we didn't have any money, so why was he buying them shoes and candy? Really, why was he doing any of this? Widow Jensen had closer neighbors than us. It shouldn't have been our concern. We came in from the blind side of the Jensen house and unloaded the wood as quietly as possible. Then we took the meat and flour and shoes to the door. We knocked. The door opened a crack and a timid voice said, Who is it? Lucas Miles, ma'am, and my son, Matt. Could we come in for a bit? Mrs. Jensen opened the door and let us in. She had a blanket wrapped around her shoulders. The children were wrapped in another and were sitting in front of the fireplace by a very small fire that hardly gave off any heat at all. Mrs. Jensen fumbled with a match and finally lit the lamp. We brought you a few things, ma'am, Daddy said, and set down the sack of flour. I put the meat on the table. Then he handed her the sack that had the shoes in it. She opened it hesitantly and took the shoes out one pair at a time. There was a pair for her and one for each of the children. Sturdy shoes, the best. Shoes that would last. I watched her carefully. She bit her lower lip to keep it from trembling, and then tears filled her eyes and started running down her cheeks. She looked up at my daddy like she wanted to say something, but it wouldn't come out. We brought a load of wood too, ma'am, he said. Then turned to me and said, Matt, go bring in enough to last a while. Let's get that fire up to size and heat this place up. I wasn't the same person when I went back out to bring in the wood. I had a big lump in my throat, and as much as I hate to admit it, there were tears in my eyes too. In my mind, I kept seeing those three kids huddled around the fireplace and their mother standing there with tears running down her cheeks with so much gratitude in her heart that she couldn't speak. My heart swelled within me, and a joy that I had never known before filled my soul. I had given at Christmas many times before, but never when it had made so much difference. I could see we were literally saving the lives of these people. I soon had the fire blazing and everyone's spirits soared. The kids started giggling when Daddy handed them each a piece of candy, and Mrs. Jensen looked on with a smile that probably hadn't crossed her face for a long time. She finally turned to us. God bless you, she said. I know the Lord has sent you. The children and I have been praying that he would send one of his angels to spare us. In spite of myself, The lump returned to my throat, and the tears welled up in my eyes again. I never thought of my daddy in those exact terms before. But after Widow Jensen mentioned it, I could see that it was probably true. I was sure that a better man than daddy had never walked the earth. I started remembering all the times he had gone out of his way for mommy and me and many others. The list seemed endless as I thought on it. Daddy insisted that everyone try on the shoes before we left. I was amazed when they all fit, and I had wondered how he would known what sizes to get. Then I guessed that if he was on an errand for the Lord, that the Lord would make sure he got the right sizes. Tears were running down Widow Jensen's face again when we stood up to leave. My daddy took each of the kids in his big arms and gave them a hug. They clung to him and didn't want us to go. I could see that they missed their daddy, and I was glad that I still had mine. At the door, he turned to Widow Jensen and said, The missus wanted me to invite you and the children over for Christmas dinner tomorrow. The turkey will be more than the three of us can eat. And a man can get cantankerous if he has to eat turkey for too many meals. We'll be by to get you about eleven. It'll be nice to have some little ones around again. Matt here hasn't been little for quite a spell. I was the youngest. My two brothers and two sisters had all married and had moved away. Mrs. Jensen nodded and said, Thank you, Brother Miles. I don't have to say. May the Lord bless you. I know for certain that he will. Out on the sled, I felt a warmth that came from deep within, and I didn't even notice the cold. When we had gone a ways, Daddy turned to me and said, Matt, I want you to know something. Your mother and me have been tucking a little money away here and there all year so we could buy that rifle for you. But we didn't have quite enough. Then yesterday, a man who owed me a little money from years back came by to make things square Your mom and me were real excited, thinking that now we could get you that rifle. And I started into town this morning to do just that. But on the way, I saw little Jakey out scratching in the woodpile with his feet wrapped in those gunny sacks, and I knew what I had to do, son. I spent the money for shoes and a little candy for those children. I hope you understand. I understood, and my eyes became wet with tears again. I understood very well and I was so glad Daddy had done it. Now the rifle seemed very low on my list of priorities. He had given me a lot more. He had given me the look on Mrs. Jensen's face and the radiant smiles of her three children. For the rest of my life, whenever I saw any of the Jensens or split a block of wood, I remembered, and remembering brought back that same joy I felt riding home beside my Daddy that night. He had given me much more than a rifle that night. He had given me the best Christmas of my life.
1: Oh, man, has this touched your heart like it's touched mine, folks? Listen to Galen sing this song. She leaned with her head by the window
3: Watching evergreen bend in the snow Remembering Christmas the way it had been So many seasons ago When the children would reach for their stockings And open the presents they found The lights on the tree would shine bright in their eyes Reflecting the love all around This year there's no one to open the gifts No reason for trimming the tree And just as a tear made its way to the floor She heard voices outside start to sing Merry Christmas to all who may dwell here Merry Christmas, if even just one, may the joy of the season surround you, Merry Christmas. Of friends in the crowd, and all of the shadows of lonely reminders driven away by the sound. Now, the heart that for years had been silent was suddenly filled with a song. She clung to their hands like a child in the night She heard herself singing along Merry Christmas to all who may dwell here Merry Christmas, if even just one May the joy of the season surround you Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to all who may dwell here, Merry Christmas if even just one, may the joy of the season surround you, Merry Christmas.
1: folks, think of the last words. Merry Christmas with love. Love for your neighbor. Love for the other person. Love for the little kid who's not going to have much Christmas. This is when Christmas really takes its meaning, doesn't it, Rich?
2: May the joy of the season surround you.
1: Well, I don't know. I hope you all have enjoyed that that program as much as I have. Here's a lady who's called in our listener comment line. What's the number, Rich?
2: 1-800-345-2621. We'd like to hear from you, too, so give us a call, 1-800-345-2621. Here's
1: one of our ladies' listeners. Hello, this is Carol from Rapid City, South Dakota. I want to tell you that Bot Radio has just blessed me in so many ways. I especially like, of course, Greg Lowry, Dr. Jeremiah... Tony Evans. Uh, they're all just great.
2: Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, well,
1: Carol. Right, and Here's a gentleman. Oh, wait a, minute, wait a minute. Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, that's up there where the Fishers are, aren't they?
2: Right, right. Bob yeah. and Rita Fisher, uh, Fisher so Furniture. On. Wonderful uh, people.
1: Now, we're building a new radio station in South Dakota, too, Rich.
2: In Pier. In Pier. That's the state capital that's That'll be on the air Cal- in a few weeks.
1: All right, here's a gentleman.
2: Hi, I would like to say thank you so much to the Bach Network. I've been listening to you for the last 28 years here in St. Louis, and you've helped me come out of my addictions. Uh, I just love you, and thank you so much. May you be blessed. Thank you.
1: Uh, God bless you, sir. I'm so glad you're listening. I'm so glad it's been helpful. That's what we want to do. Here's a lady. Hello, this is Gwen
3: from uh, Clinton, Missouri. Uh, I'd like to thank BOT Radio for all their programs. I like them all. Jan Markell's program is very enlightening though. And thank you very much. I really
1: appreciate you. All right, well here's a gentleman. We thank God for you, we pray for you, we love you guys. Love to listen to John MacArthur and all the preachers on the radio. Thank you. (laughs) That's right, amen, (laughs) Amen. thank Thank you, sir. These folks like all the programs I like. (laughs) (laughs) For the past many, many years, here's a lady i've been listening to bot network for over 30 years for many years i traveled from ripley to memphis and that 54 miles both ways was listening to bot network it has been such a blessing i I love all of the speakers. They have not only blessed my soul, they've helped to educate me spiritually. Hmm. And God bless you for this wonderful station. All right. All right. Well, they're, thank you, dear lady. lady. Thank Dad, you.
2: She lives in Ripley, uh, which is the home of our dear friend Carol
1: Robertson. Oh, is that right? All right, now this is Dick Bodd with this chapter of The Complete Story with my son, Rich. And we'll see you later.